Welcome back to another episode of the Stocks to Blocks podcast, a stocks and blockchain podcast from Investify that turns you from a confused to confident investor. Whether you're just starting out or a seasoned pro, join us as we demystify stocks and cryptocurrencies one episode at a time. And whilst we are licensed, we don't know your individual circumstances, so everything in this episode is for education and entertainment purposes only. And with that, let's get stuck into it. I'm Anthony. I'm joined by my co-hosts, Zach and Richard. Boys, happy Sunday. How are we? Yes, fantastic. Mate, you very well, very well. That's the way. I've seen a lot of you boys already today. It's been a very long morning, hasn't it? It has. So Lots let's of content. Not, let's not overdo it. Let's just get stuck into it. <laughs> <laughs> let's Thanks finish up everyone. quickly. Yeah. <laughs> um, today we're talking about common investing misconceptions. So this covers both stocks and crypto, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot out there on the internet that you can read. Um, some people say investing is simple and you can become rich overnight. Some people say investing is too hard and you shouldn't touch it at all. I think the reality is it's probably somewhere in between. Mm. Um, so today we're just going to debunk some of the common investing misconceptions you, that are out you there. You just debunked everything just then, so there's not much more to cover. But Here we go, we'll, finished. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. it up. We'll, we'll try to find a couple more points. Yeah. <laughs> the first one I want to go into is going into is investing only for the rich? Well, it used to be, but it's definitely not the case anymore. I think back back in the day, like you know, these services were very expensive. Um, you know, the fees. It was it was really only a game for the mutual funds. You know, the the big end of town essentially to get involved here. But it couldn't be more accessible these days. You know, everyone who's got a phone now has access to financial markets. You can make trades for as little as you can. You know, we're talking um, one of our last episodes. We're talking about being able to buy um, micro micro shares, you know, you can buy a fraction of an ETF, you can buy a dollar worth of Bitcoin. And so, yeah, these days it is definitely not the case. And you, you can have as little as, you know, a few dollars to really get started investing, which is, uh, yeah, let's so, debunk that one. Yeah. So it became accessible to everyone, like probably around the ETF era when the ETFs came out, that's when, you know, you can invest into all these different companies mm. with a small amount of money, you know. There's, there's a minimum, obviously, but everyone can jump in. And now you can invest from, you know, even the spare change that you find in between the sofa in your lounge room. Yeah, yeah I've yeah. got a gold mine there. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that leads nicely into the second one that I want to cover is that, and I'm probably going a bit off script here, is that investing is only for people who are educated or are smart or have a finance degree. That couldn't be further from the truth. We're not trying to say investing, and this is what we cover a fair bit in our course, we're not trying to say if you're dumb, you can be an investor or you don't need to be smart at all. You still need an element of smart, but it do, you don't need the financial degree. You don't have to be able to read financial statements um, or anything like that or know how to use technical analysis yet or know how to do the fundamental analysis. Mm-hmm. If you have some common sense about you, it's even just an element of being street smart. Have some common sense about you. Know what companies that you use that have been around for 10, 15 years that you think or and know will be around for the next 10 to 15 years again, you can do really well without having to go through the deep analysis that some may do. Mm. Yeah, even even rolling on, onto the dollar cost averaging strategy, you know, just depositing a certain amount of money each week or each month, whatever you can afford, investing into your favorite stocks, your fa- Facebook, your Teslas, your Apples, you know, every everything that you like products that you use every day can be something that you can invest in. Mm-hmm. Rather than going to the shop and actually buying an iPhone, how about you go and invest into the Apple stock and actually make a compounded investment in it? People with the highest IQ can be some of the worst investors and traders as well because the market doesn't care how much you know about it either. And I think it's just because you know more about the market than someone else, it doesn't mean that you deserve to 
profit more than somebody else as mm. well. Like the market doesn't care, it really doesn't. It doesn't uh, owe you anything. Yeah, it's it's um you can't be certain that the market's ever going to move in one way or another. So I think it's, yeah, like you were saying before, I think like street smarts, emotional IQ, like all these other elements come into it and it's definitely not, you know, your um, intelligence that determines whether you're going to be a good investor or not. And we say in the Mindset Mastery course on our platform that investing is 70% psychology or psychological mm. and 30% knowledge. Mm. It just goes to show like AQ, emotional intelligence, is mm. so much more mm. impact important than um, IQ. The next one is uh, investing or you shouldn't invest if you're young. Right. So where'd you get that from? Um, online. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm to be honest. <laughs> don't be. <laughs> no, that's not, yeah, yeah, don't, don't say that. These are ours. <laughs> Got it off stuckmarketeye.com. <laughs> now it's definitely you can't invest under the age of 18, but you can get your parents to invest on your behalf, you know, through setting up a trust account and, and putting money into the – your child's name through as a trustee of the deed. Yeah, and the, the important thing about this is you should be investing as young as you can due to compound interest. Obviously, you need to wait till you're 18 to own the actual shares. But if you look at a compound interest calculator, you can see the importance of time in the market and timing the market, which I think is a quote by Warren Buffett. And year on year, the longer you are invested in the financial markets that has over time have provided positive returns mm-hmm. – it just goes like that. Yep. Mm. Like due to the nature of compound interest, the interest you return on your investments and then reinvesting that back into the market. Mm-hmm. I've actually just recently read that if you invest $50 compounded at 10% on the annual scale, $50 and that's $350 over the year, that $50 over 30 years becomes $50,000. Mm. How crazy is that? Mm. And I'd like to think that you know, 18-year-olds or people in their early 20s even – $50. $50 a week, did you say? $50 a month. $50 a month. Yeah. yeah. That's a couple of Netflix subscriptions. Yeah, I don't know why you'd have more than one, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, uh, you know, uh, a Palmer in a pot. <laughs> yeah. Do you know I went to the pub the other day? I went to the I pub the other day. I knew something good was brewing your mind then. $35. For what? For a Palmer. <laughs> Where, where's the, where's name the, and shame it? Oh, I, won't, I won't say. Name yeah, and shame. Brady Riley's. <laughs> yeah, you want to you want a beer on top of that? Forget it. The pineapple. <laughs> Fifty bucks, inclusive of the Palmer. Inclusive of the Palmer. Yeah, but like, God. Wow. That's- what I want to talk about as well is we've spoken about time in the market. I think one of the biggest things of starting young is the experience. Right, so being able to make the mistakes because you know while you might not have a lot of money now, you know when you do one day, uh, you'll have you already have learned all those lessons because mm-hmm. having to learn these lessons when you have money can be a lot more expensive than learning them when you don't have money. Okay, so you have time when you're young. Like we always recommend, get us get started as early as possible. We all wish we got started a lot earlier mm. than what we actually did. Uh, I think, you know, we would have loved to have learned this stuff and actually been practicing it from from school. Um, but, yeah, this is something that we really want to preach and, and get out to people uh, is just get involved as early as possible. You know, don't be, don't be afraid to make mistakes, um, you know, even if you've got a little bit of amount, uh, like a small amount of money there. Um, yeah, just make sure you're learning from the lessons that you're um, being taught. 
you will say thank you to your younger self. That's for sure. Big yeah, time. Big time. Yeah. And we should do another episode on lessons to our younger self. Mm. Oh, God, so many. <laughs> so investing and non-investing many. related. <laughs> yeah, both. <laughs> yeah, both. Yeah. Invest in Brody O'Reilly's. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Could that's, not believe that's it. It's crazy. Yeah. And on the flip side, you're never too old to start investing. Obviously, time is power when it comes mm. to investing mm. in the stock market. We've just spoken about that. And you could argue that the older you get, the more you need to just be safe with your, your capital because you're nearing retirement. And yes, there's an element of risk in investing in the financial markets. However, to combat, you know, in, in 2023, to combat the rate of inflation that we're seeing, you can't just afford at that age to keep your money in your bank. So even if it's investing in something a bit more passive like an index fund or an ETF that just tracks mm, mm, the yep. ASX 200 or the S&P 500, you should still be putting some of your portfolio mm-hmm. into the markets. And, and I'm just going to call out my mum, right? <laughs> sorry, mum. Calling but, out. But she, she's just stuck in her ways. Like the only thing she knows is property game. That's fair to her. And she's not she, – she doesn't want to learn any new things, you know, when she gets older and older like she's – sort of just being comfortable where she is. But, you know, as you said, inflation is eating the cash that we are holding. Mm-hmm. So we need to either hold that money as an interest uh, in a bank, you know, earning high interest, you know, get that 5% at least, inflation's at 7 you're nearly there. Or you invest into the stock market, you know, ETFs. Think of other ways, but, but staying active and making your money work for itself. Don't let it just sit there and burn. To, to use the example of your mother, do you think that's because people her age, when they were growing up, it was yeah, buying a house was so easily – no, it wasn't easy, but it was so much more accessible than it is today. So they were in the mindset of save, 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 save Completely. for a house yep. and investing mm. is the devil. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's exactly her mindset. Yeah. But now it's a completely different script. Now you can't afford a house – you can afford a, a, a small account to invest in, you know, open up a Comsec, any I of think these exchanges. Another reason I think is that, you know, a lot of the older generations, they believe that, you know, having brick and mortar, something physical that they can actually touch mm-hmm. is is a lot more important to them than having something that's a bit more like airy-fairy. Like I know we talk about stocks, you're owning part of a company, but you still can't physically touch it. It's still online, out of reach. Yeah, cryptocurrency is a whole nother game. But yeah, I think that's why a lot of people in that sort of era are definitely more drawn to real estate. And the next one is popular companies make great investments. So looking at a company like Tesla, where its PE ratio is about 60. So 60 times what their earnings are. It's it's overvalued, very overvalued. So mm-hmm. I guess the question to you guys is, would you be investing into Tesla if it's so overvalued? And what is the right time or when do we get into Tesla? Uh, first, no, I wouldn't. Okay. If it's, that's, that P ratio is well, – I don't know what the industry standard is because obviously it's you want to between 20 it. and 30. Uh, around then, yeah, yeah. That, that's an indicator that no, you definitely shouldn't be. Yeah. Um, it's three times the industry exactly. norm. Exactly. And I just want to call out earlier on in the podcast, I did say that invest in companies that you know that mm. you think will be around in 10 to 15 years' time. The key difference here is that – some of the, the largest companies today, are they necessarily going to be around in 10 to 15 years' time? I personally think Tesla will, mm-hmm. um, but that doesn't mean I should invest now because it is severely overvalued. But if you look at a company like Meta that is rebranded from Facebook, their share price plummeted 
50, 60, 70%, whatever it was when they rebranded to Meta, it was disastrous. Mm -hmm. And for that, I would argue that for me personally, I wouldn't be investing in social media companies for a long-term approach or a long-term strategy because I think that it changes so quickly with social media. What's hot today isn't hot tomorrow. Like think of Vine. I remember when I was in 2012, I was doing Vines and no one even talks about that anymore. MySpace. MySpace. <laughs> so you, um, you don't, even Twitter has, Twitter, has yeah. fallen off. So you don't, you don't back <laughs> the Zuck. Pardon me? You don't back the Zuck. It's not, I, I don't back anyone really in that space. Mm. for a long, Like I wouldn't put my money personally in Where there for a long-term is. approach. That's fair. That's fair. When it comes to social media. Yeah. Going on a yeah. tangent here because we're, we're not talking about social media. Mm. So like even with <laughs> Tesla, that's – EV, the category is electric vehicles, right? So that's where the future is heading. By 2030, petrol cars won't be on the roads. You know, the EU government's banning all petrol cars already. It's, it's, it's getting implemented. So as a, as a smart investor doing the logical thing is stepping back, looking at the macro sort of outlook of where we're heading, what the next trends are, and you're speaking about social media. Hey, that, that changes. That's, that's tech that changes every cycle, every five, ten years. It's changing. MySpace, would you mention? V- Vine. Vine, <laughs> don't even know what that is. <laughs> but it's continuously changing and these they, they might drop off. You know, threads just popped up as well on Instagram. It's just products on products on pro- and it will change. Threads is down 70%. Yeah, can you say it's going to be the best? I would invest in it. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. And to round that out, like if you look yeah. at Tesla and the EV category, if you think that's going to explode in the next 10 years, you don't necessarily have to invest in a particular stock if you're too scared or you, you lack the um, knowledge or the research. Invest in an ETF that tracks that sector, Spot that on. industry, the EV ETF. There's exactly. one, there's, there is one out there. I think as well you can have timeframes um, you know, based on what sector you're coming into. So your timeframe for EVs might be different to your timeframes for something in you know, the food industry like McDonald's, for example, something that's – you know, like more likely to be around for the next 10, 20 years. Recession compared proof. to some something, yeah, something that's recession proof compared to something that's more product related or something that could be a bit more of a flash mm. in the pan or like have a shorter time frame. So that's probably another thing to be wary of. All right. Next one is follow the hype, find the money. Okay, what does that mean to you, Anth? Uh to me, that sounds like it means Wherever the hype is, whatever people are talking about, if I do that, I'm going to be rich. Mm. Dogecoin. Dogecoin. There you go. It is like following shiny lights around essentially. Yeah. Mm. Like a, like a lost, lost puppy dog. And so the implications of doing this is that you constantly find your, your last of the party. You know, you're, you're finding that, you know, you, you're buying the tops and you're, you're usually the, um, you know, you're the exit capital for a lot of other people who've already been in that market for a long time. And so <clears throat> I guess to, to combat that, it's it's really having your finger a little bit more on the pulse, right? It's not just listening to things when they come to the absolute surface, when you're being you know, told from one of your mates who just got into the space or, um, you know, because generally speaking, that is when this has already been around for a long time. Everyone's already in the market that was going to get into the market and you're just coming in, you know, very late there. So yeah, definitely, definitely trying to get in front of the hype and trying to, you know, just use that foresight to try and predict where, um, you know, the money might be flowing next rather than 
you know, just following it around aimlessly. And what we teach our students as well is <clears throat> there's uh, don't chase the waterfalls. So, again, shiny object, don't chase the waterfalls. I'd like to call out NVIDIA here. NVIDIA has just gone up like crazy, right? It's just doubled just over the last month, just doubled. And then, you know, the people are coming up to us and saying, you know, should we be investing in NVIDIA? No, it's at all-time highs. That's chasing the waterfall. That's chasing mm. that shiny thing, AI, tech company, going crazy, over a trillion-dollar market cap. Like, no, just take a pause, realize that, you know, it's done. Let, let it sizzle away for a bit. Mm. Yeah, I used to – when early on in my investing career, I bought plenty of things when they were at all-time highs or near all-time highs because I was like, surely this thing's going to keep going. And now that's one of my rules is I never buy things that are at all-time yeah. highs. Mm-hmm. Just wait for it to pull I back. to pull back. Mm. And as a, as a technical analyst, I look at charts all the time. There's nothing to, uh, I guess, compare it to. Like if we're sitting at an all-time high for an NVIDIA – I can't chart like the recent tops or the recent bottoms or the recent resistance or supports. There's nothing to compare it to. So I'm in like no man's land. Where is it going next? No one knows. That's Mm -hmm. super important to understand. Mm -hmm. The next one I want to talk about is that inputs equal outputs. So in life, usually what you put in is what you get out. You go to the gym, the more times you train – Chest, <laughs> the bigger your chest you're going to get. That's why I have a magnificent chest. <laughs> I'm joking. Big legs. Yeah, yeah. That's why I have shocking legs because I don't train legs. But yeah, the more you put in, the more you put out. With investing, it, it doesn't work that way. Yes, you can get a systematic edge over you know, spending more time educating yourself and researching yourself. That is absolutely true. That will, that's exactly what you should do. That will make you a better investor. But you could – put all the time into investing into a stock or a coin and do all the research in the world mm. and it could flop. There could be something completely out of your control that couldn't have, wasn't necessarily picked up in your investing. Something could happen tomorrow mm-hmm. about a really good uh, asset mm. and that could just kill the coin or kill the stock and you could lose all your money whereas your best mate could just invest in some silly meme coin that he spent 20 minutes – scrolling on TikTok for and could, you know, get a 10x return. Is that just destiny? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Deep. Deep. Yeah, but the sorry. reason why we, we do research there, it's it's not that that shouldn't be discounted, you know, because, you know, random things can happen like that. But what we're trying to do by, you know, doing our due diligence here is by is we're increasing the probability mm for the long term that we're going to be profitable. Because if you just go aimlessly, you, you, like you're literally in the casino, you might as well just, you know, go and play some roulette for the Yeah, day. it's just using odds, probability, TA, backtesting it as well, looking at how it's performed in the past, mm. using history to predict the future, essentially. That's, that's the aim of the game, isn't it? Yeah, and that probably leads nicely into the next one that investing is gambling. So not true. Yes, you know, if you just put 500 bucks into an asset without doing your research, that is gambling. Mm-hmm. And both do involve an element of risk. You can lose money in investing and you can lose money in gambling. You, I think the data shows you lose more money in gambling than you do make money. But if you do your proper strategizing, you do your proper research, that is not gambling. Whether you're right or wrong is a completely different question, but the fact that you are putting the time and effort into researching said asset that is the difference between investing and gambling. Mm. I think it's, yeah, like 
just because there's been a crash on the road before, it doesn't mean that you should stop driving mm. because someone's crashed that you know. You know, it's, it's all about how you drive. It's about how safe you are. Yeah, you're sure you can be a reckless driver. You can do burnouts and, you know, you can have a collision there. But that's, you know, you can also learn how to drive properly and safely. And, you know, of course there's things that are out of your control sometimes, like while you're driving. But, yeah, if you can learn to be able to do that as safely as possible, play by the rules, um, you know, protect your downside, risk management, all these things, um, then, you, you know, you're giving yourself the best chance to succeed in this market. All right, boys, I think we'll wrap it up there. See you in the next episode. See you in the next one. See you. See ya.